Warning, this episode contains foul language, graphic descriptions of murder, and Lauren tells so many lies. Listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. This is our fifth week in isolation, so we have not been able to sit down with a friend and talk about something weird. But it's okay because you are our friends. So, really, we're actually getting to sit down and talk to thousands of our friends about something weird because we are hashtag blessed. My name is Ashley, and joining me today is my co-host, Lauren. She's not here for the intro. We had a couple mic problems last week. We're still um, troubleshooting Lauren's new microphone and recording in separate homes, but we'll get it down. Right when the shelter-at-home orders are lifted, we'll have it down really well. (laughs) Um, But until then, we're working hard to get you uh, content, the two of us, um, because I know you missed her for the two weeks that she was gone. Okay, so this week is part two of our Mythological Creatures episode, and we will be once again exploring uh, the misty meadows of Ireland and the rocky shores of Greece. We didn't go far. Lauren is going to start us off by telling us the tale of Lamia, and I'm going to be talking all about fairies. Just in case you missed that warning in the beginning, I wanted to give you a heads up. Uh, Lauren is hilarious this episode, and her mom brain, I think, took over at one point because she tells about 14 lies. (laughs) about the movie stardust so as you are listening please refrain from yelling at your speakers pulling out your hair etc etc and just lean back and relax and enjoy the flames engulf this beloved film which neither of us have seen by the way if either of us had seen it it would have gone a lot smoother seriously she was wrong about one thing and then later about more things and then after we recorded the episode we were still on the phone she realized she was wrong about pretty much everything she tried to correct i i laughed so hard the night that we recorded this and i'm gonna laugh again as i edit this so i'm excited anyway we hope you're all hanging in there we're doing well here in la wilder's walking now which is insane like he went from a baby in my arms to a 13 year old boy (laughs) in the amount of time that i haven't seen him so i'm pretty heartbroken um and just in case you never stay to the end of the episode follow us on social media at keep it weirdcast it's at keep it weirdcast on facebook instagram and twitter we really love talking to you guys and hanging out with you there um so the more the merrier check out our patreon we have bonus episodes monthly newsletters and discount codes for merchandise and you get to support our show even more than you already do Really quickly, I want to give a shout out to some of our patrons. Uh, Please forgive me if I um, mispronounce your name. I tried my best. So shout out to Sienna Bridges, Brian from Running With Podcasts, Megan Myers, Jessica Keeles, or we'll say Jessica Q, Jesse Winter, Rebecca Fern, Kayla Ling, Audrey McCraney, Aaron Gerds, or Aaron G, Lauren Shapovalov, or Lauren S., Kathleen Finn, Chelsea Duke, and Allison Burns. Those are our latest patrons. We love you guys, and we're more than happy to create extra content for you every single month. If you're a patron and you ever want merchandise from our Etsy store, which you can check out, anyone can check out at www.etsy.com shop slash keepitweirdpodcast, make sure that you reach out to us and grab your coupon code because our patrons get 10 to 20% off of your entire order in our Etsy store. So anyways, blah, 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 enough expressions of love already. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Wonderful mythological creatures part two. Here we are. Here we are. We made it. Part two, but guess what, guys? It's the same night as part one. It's the same night. Let's look down at our phones. Oh, hour and 20 minutes we've been on the phone. (laughs) One of the longest phone calls I've had. Okay. You're going to go first today, and I'm very excited to hear about this because I've never heard about it ever once in my entire life. 
Yeah, I had only heard mention of it like maybe once and did not look into it at all. So this was a fun little surprise. We are traveling back to Greece, ladies and gents. Thank God. <laughs> we told you it would happen. <laughs> We're going to Greece. <laughs> Big surprise with a mythological creature being from Greece. Um, okay, the only part that's frustrating about this is the pronunciation. So I went to like eight different YouTube videos and like encyclopedia.com and dictionary.com where they do pronunciations and all of them for the most part said Lamia. It's spelled L-A-M-I-A. I don't like that. And it was pronounced Lamia. I didn't either. <laughs> it sounds then, too much like a part of my body. Yes. 100% sounds like labia. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Ashley tiptoed around it. I just hopped right I don't in. like to sounds speak... Like out loud words associated with my vagina for fear that my vagina is going to hear me and do something awful. <laughs> yes, same. So I didn't like that, if I'm being honest. Um, I, yeah, I wasn't a big fan. So then I went to a couple of other websites and it, they were pronouncing it Lamia or Lamia, which I like a lot more, but I realized it was because they were speaking in an English British accent. So like, of course it was sounding like it was sounding a little different than Lamia, but I'm just going to go with it and say Lamia because I think that just sounds cooler. It makes me feel safe and not like I'm talking about a <laughs> vagina. And if anyone wants to write in and fight me, Feel free, but I hate you. Okay, so we're going to say Lamia for the, the remaining time, even though it might be incorrect. Okay, so Lamia is a beautiful part monster, part woman. It is a half woman, half serpent, to actually be specific oh, when I say monster. That's very much so, so a mermaid-esque type creature. It is, which I kind of liked that it went along with that theme. But and it, some people do say, again, like we said before, a lot of these creatures have different origin stories, just depending on the country or, you know, the century, even it depended yeah. what time and what period you were in. People say different things. Some people say that she was actually part woman, part sea serpent. So a mermaid of sorts, you could even say, but usually it's snake serpent. Um, so Lamia wasn't always this way. She was cursed with this terrible form. Um, she used to be a relatively innocent woman, and now she is seen as a bloodthirsty villain who slithers through the darkness of night looking for children to eat. Okay. That is her thing. That's her jam. Why did I choose her when I'm a sensitive, emotional mother? I'm not sure. She makes me upset. <laughs> Hold but it she... together. <laughs> I'm not going to cry. <laughs> She slithers through the night searching for children to eat, but during the day she walks uh, in complete beauty. She has her legs. She looks like a woman, and she seduces men to make for her dessert after she eats the children. So she is searching for mostly children is her main course, but she also likes to have an occasional man on the side. Either way, she devours human flesh and she's, you know, not the best. <laughs> so <laughs> according to ancient Greek tradition, Lamia has the head and breasts of a woman and the rest of her body is a snake. By some accounts, her form is hideous, but other writers seem to say that they are mesmerized by her beauty, even with the snake part of her body. They say that it's her scales are precious gems and she sparkles and she's graceful. So she is either depicted as completely beautiful or basically I was gonna say, a What is beast. with all these people who are like, maybe she's the worst. Maybe she's great. We're not sure. I know. <laughs> this is what I hate about this thing. But to me, I kind of what I saw more of and what I enjoy more. And as we said before, we're kind of going with what we latched onto and the way we want to tell the story. I like believing that she was this beautiful creature because she was able to rope in both children and men alike, which both of them, in those cases, men could be seduced by a woman of beauty. That is no secret. And children also go towards beauty. If there is a good looking woman with a nice, soft, peaceful voice, she has this look of purity and innocence. And she's saying, you know, come over here. I'm going to sing you a song. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to love you. Children are going to go to her. They're not going to go to some old hag. So I like to believe that she was a beautiful creature. It's sort of like um, uh, Hocus Pocus, like the come little yes. children, like come little children. Yeah, it's the same idea. Yeah. And she looks so beautiful. Yeah, I mean, but Sarah even Jessica if she Parker, was a hag, she fly. could like, you know, she could bring them in with her beautiful song she doesn't sound totally. like a hag 
Go on. Exactly. And I think that was sort of what was happening with Lamia. I think she was very Sarah Jessica Parker singing on the broomstick. (laughs) So (laughs) that's the vibe she was giving me. Other Greek writers, just to touch on it, uh, because I just feel like sometimes you need to say all sides. Other Greek writers even abandoned the snake body entirely, saying that Lamia's face simply just became more evil and contorted when she was cursed and began her murdering spree. Um, But all stories do agree, no matter if you think she's part snake, a hideous hag, or just an evil contorted face, she uh, was disfigured by the loss of her eyes. She tore them out with the grief of her own children being murdered. Good. So let me get into the story. I know. She comes from a tragic tale, ladies and gentlemen. So before you judge her, (laughs) hear her backstory. You don't know me. You don't know me. Okay, so I just lost my place because I scrolled in a weird way. Okay, so Lamia was a queen of Libya. Um, she was the daughter of Poseidon. You guys oh my gosh. have heard of Poseidon. Our old buddy Poseidon. Poseidon, who was taken <laughs> from the Babylonian god of the sea. Go on. Yes, ruler of the seas. Mm -hmm. She was the daughter of Poseidon, queen of Libya. So her mother remains unknown. There are rumors that it was Hectate. I don't know if I ever... Hectate? Was it that fancy Um, or is it just Hectate? No, I think it's Hectate, but who knows? Hectate? (laughs) I'm not Greek. I, yeah, I know nothing of the Greek world. I realized on our Deep Seas episode with Mel, when you guys knew all these gods and goddesses and I was pronouncing them all wrong, that I'm even dumber than I thought. So you can correct me if I say anything wrong. But Hectate is believed to be her mother and she is the goddess of sorcery. So that is the rumored mama, but they know for sure that Poseidon is the dad. So as an adult, Lamia um, maintained her connection with the gods. She actually started an affair with Zeus. No. Scandalous. No. Zeus him. Here's the thing though. The, Zeus was kind of a fuck boy. He was. He was a total fuckboy. So. And so it's not that much of a surprise, no. but it's still like, it's it's a good story, you know? It is. So their affair got pretty hot and heavy, and they actually had three children together. And eventually Zeus's wife, Hera, discovered her husband's betrayal, and to get revenge, she is the one that cursed Lamia and turned her into a monster. So Zeus and Lamia, first of all, they had um, children that are still pretty famous. There's Scylla who is a six-headed sea monster, who is pretty famous. I had actually heard that name once before. Um, A sea monster who claimed the lives of hundreds of sailors. Again, what we were talking about earlier, an explanation of what happened to people when they were out at sea. People will reference Scylla, the six-headed sea monster. There was also Sybil, who was the gentler daughter, but had the power to fill your heart with dread just by mentioning your name in one of her prophecies. And then there was Achilleos, the only son of the two, of Zeus and Lamia, who um, had the beauty inherited from his mother, but used it in the wrong way. Mm. He decided to challenge Aphrodite to a beauty contest. Big mistake. (laughs) He didn't stand a chance. And because of his mistake, he lost badly, and Aphrodite transformed him into an ugly, lipless shark to roam the the ocean forever. Oh, my God. Do you think it's that one shark where it's like it's got those teeth jutting out? Like buck teeth? Yes, it is, because I looked up a photo. Oh my it's the buck toothed weird creature that I think we looked at a picture of on the Deep Sea episode, or we've looked at before for some reason. But it's it's old Bucky, the weird looking we'll shark. We'll find a picture so that's of him. It. Yeah, so that was Lamia and Zeus's kids. But so the rumors are that because of this, Lamia was turned into this monster by Zeus's wife Hera because she was getting revenge and she made it so that Lamia was never able to sleep, which then Zeus, oh, feeling sympathy, Lord. gave her the power to remove her eyes at night. And that's why she is seen with no eyeballs. That is why that is like the picture depicted of her. The belief is that Zeus gave her the power to take out her eyes and sleep because otherwise her eyes would stay peeled open all of the time and she would lose sleep, which is one of the curses. Also, the very dark story um, from Hera is that she doomed her to eat her own children. And that is why this eating of the children happened. And that is also possibly a reason why she took her own eyeballs out because she couldn't believe what she had done to her own children. So always there's all these stories going around. It doesn't matter. Both are horrific. 
Yeah, either way, any way you cut it, guys, it was horrible. And she was doomed to this life of having no eyeballs, murdering her own children, and being uh, cursed to be a half-serpent for the rest of her life, slithering around the earth and finding more children to eat, to feed her hunger, and also to, it was maybe some way to cope with her killing her own children that she was like, I'm going to kill everybody else's kids. No matter what, it's horrible. So... It is also believed that Lamia is the inspiration for many other monsters. Um, she was such a dreaded figure in the Greek culture that people actually began to pluralize her. Even though she was this one Greek character, this one goddess, people will actually say Lamia as a plural. They'll either say Lamia or Lamia. You've heard it both ways. Um, and it can just mean any sea monster that is known to devour children or devour sailors. Like, she just kind of got turned into other monsters. It is even believed that she was the inspiration for the succubus and even possibly vampires because she may have sucked the blood out of the children before she ate them. So there's all this talk that she inspired a lot of other things. So she first appeared in the ancient writings of Homer and Horace, and um, it was a way to frighten little children into good behavior, which we've heard that story tale as old as time. Yes. You need to scare your children into good behavior. So you tell them about something horrifying. Most stories are don't play too close to the water or you will be dragged in by, you know, a sea creature. Like we, I feel like we've talked about that on numerous episodes before. And this story was like, don't play outside late at night or don't go into this neighborhood you don't know or Lamy is going to slither around, find you and eat you. That sounds really fun. So, of course, the kids were terrified and they would be on their best behavior. I totally get that. I might tell Wilder that Lamy's real. <laughs> like, I understand it. I think it's a good story. And what I think is really cool is, unlike a lot of Greek characters, Lamia wasn't just done at the end of the Roman era and then popped up later. That is what happens to a lot of Greek characters where we talk about them in the Roman era and then they pop up later in the Romantic period. But she actually popped up straight through the Middle Ages as well when she was actually persecuted by the newborn Christian church. Mm. Hey, Christians. Every time. They decided to pop up and hate on her and associated her with witchcraft. They called her a witch and that she was evil and something of the devil. Um, and then... Did they ever associate her with Lilith? Not that I read, but it's... I. There are a million articles on Lamia, so it's possible. Well, I was just wondering, because Lilith, who is the first wife of Adam, who mm-hmm. um, is basically crucified by the Christian faith because she decided she didn't want to basically bow to man, um, right. because, you know, she, women were made... She actually wasn't made out of the rib of Adam. Um, Eve was, but she was created as her own uh, autonomous person and was basically, um, they were created out of the same thing. So they were equal, but God had said, you know, you do what he says. And Adam was like, yeah, do what I say. And Lilith was like, fuck you both. No, I don't have to do that. Like why? We are equals. I don't understand why I have to do what he says. So she left the Garden of Eden and she was like, no, thank you. Yeah. But she's also associated uh, with basically like if you're talking about demons, like demonic entities, she's associated with um, like miscarriages. Um, Mm, She comes and she takes the baby and that's sort of like she's the demon of miscarriages. Interesting. But she's also connection. Yeah. She's also depicted as very serpent like she's actually depicted very much so like like slender man like very slender with like tentacles. So I wonder if they are related. I bet there is some sort of relation. I didn't see that in like I read. Me, I still have the links open. I read maybe three or four articles and didn't see that right off the bat. But I, I bet with more digging, I guarantee there would be a connection there, because that they sound almost exactly the same. Um, I didn't see a connection to miscarriages with um, Lamia though, but it just said that she would take actual children, young children. But there's definitely a relation there, which I like. That's yeah. interesting. Anyways, go on. So, yeah, through the Middle Ages, persecuted by the Christian church, even into the Renaissance, where she was brought back to life in paintings and texts. People loved to paint her, and why wouldn't they? A beautiful woman with your bottom body, a serpent. And then into following the Renaissance, she came into the Romantic period with a lot of poets and painters. Mostly the very famous John Keats was obsessed with her. 
Um, and his writings about Lamia actually became the description and the picture that everybody latched onto because he wrote such a beautiful description of her. And I actually wanted to read it because it's very lovely and it's just sort of how everyone grabs onto her and thinks of her. So John Keats wrote, she was a Gordian shape of dazzling hue, vermilion spotted, golden green and blue striped like a zebra, freckled like a pard, eyed like a peacock and all crimson barred. Full of silver moons, that, as she breathed, dissolved or brighter shone, or interwreathed. Their lusters with the gloomier tapestries, so rainbow-sided, touched with miseries. She seemed at once some penanced lady elf, some demon's mistress, or the demon's own self. Her head was serpent, but ah, bittersweet! She had a woman's mouth with all its pearls complete. And for her eyes, what could such eyes do there but weep? And weep, they were born so fair. It was just so pretty. Wow. John she Keats. seems like a very tragic character. It definitely doesn't seem like a malicious character, which was the same with Lilith. Like Lilith was basically, she left the Garden of Eden, so she was banished from heaven. She could never go to heaven. And she was sort of like, then, you know, obviously, depending on who you talk to, like either God cursed her and made her the um, woman who is involved in miscarriages, which is like a horrible, tragic thing to do to her for just saying, like, I want to be equal to man. Or that's just total bullshit. And that's something that the Christian church was like this. Uh, she left the Garden of Eden. So we're going to make her fucking evil. Exactly. It's yeah, tragic either way. It's so sad. Yeah, it's a horrible tragedy because these women really, they're not malicious or evil in any way. But, and that's the thing. That's what is tough about Lamia. She did have an affair. So I guess in some way she did something bad, but really she fell in love with this, this man, Zeus. And yes, he happened to be married. He had a wife, but she, she fell for who she fell for. She had children with this man. She was in love and he was the only one in her life, despite what he was doing and being a fuck boy. And then his wife happened to be the one that put this curse on her. But what I love about Lamia is that she doesn't get revenge on women, even though Hera was a big old bitch and ruined her entire life and doomed her to this life of being half a serpent and not having eyeballs and everything that's wrong with Lamia. But Lamia goes after men and children, who are the two things that she was hurt by in her life. Yes, it wasn't the children's fault um, of anything that happened, but like the devouring of the children was a traumatic moment for her that then bled into, you know, her the rest of her eternity. And a man, Zeus, Mr. Idiot, also <laughs> ruined her life. And so then she wants to go out and devour men. So it's like she took the two things that hurt, the, hurt her the most. And I kind of liked... That she was still a girl's girl. She didn't go after the women. No, no. She went after men and children because she was like, women are strong. It's the guys who screwed us over. So that's really who I'm going to go after, which I liked. I don't know. <laughs> I, I enjoyed know. that part of it. <laughs> that was kind of what I latched onto, whether that's right or not. I enjoyed that part of the story. So I was going to say something about um, Christianity and 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 treating obviously you said that they they obviously adapted Lamia and decided like she was evil they then one completely erased Lilith from the bible um yeah. as opposed to, to telling her story they just cut her out but also you look at things like Mary Magdalene Mary Magdalene checks off every single box for sainthood every single mm -hmm. one and she's actually known yeah. most scholars believe she was jesus's most trusted disciple of all of them she was the one that Gosh. he trusted the most and most people yeah. don't even believe she was a prostitute like just reading the ancient right. texts like it doesn't actually seem like she was a prostitute but even if she was doesn't point to the fact that she was at all but even if she was she was like jesus's most trusted friend she checks yes. off every box for sainthood i guarantee i guarantee mary magdalene had a book in the bible and it has since been you know Ripped quote unquote out, lost. destroyed yeah oh we couldn't find it <laughs> we no couldn't i agree find with that it. as you well know what? we lost i couldn't it. find it i'm sorry yes i agree completely Yes, these are all such good points. Lamia. 
Lamia. There's so much to say. She um, actually got her reputation as a seducer and a man eater later on in the myths. It was always known that she was a devourer of children, as I said, because the story came out to warn children to be on good behavior. But um, it added so many stories to her legend when she came out as a seducer and a man eater. And as I said before, I kind of like that it was added to her story that she attacked men because it's like Zeus did her wrong. He is the reason for all of her troubles. So I'm kind of happy she's going after these idiots. So she actually had two pretty famous affairs with um, Menippus and Lysias, who are apparently pretty famous men in the Greek god world. Again, I don't know a lot, but Menippus and Lysias. She seduced both of these men after shape-shifting into a woman's form during the day, and she actually convinced both of them on separate occasions to marry her. Hey. But, so I know, I was like, get it. But sadly for Lamia, both marriages were interrupted by a wise sage who came and warned both of the men of their danger before Lamia had a chance to turn their honeymoon into a bloodbath. So, womp womp, she didn't I get I wonder way, who man. sent those sages. <laughs> no, Exactly. Who could it have been? So her plan didn't come out. It was real sad. But Lamia's legend still lives with us today. As I have been saying and saying, she has stood the test of time. She's made it through every period. People love writing about her. She has a fascinating, tragic story. She has a really weird, you know, afterlife, I guess you could call it, with her new form. You know, the way she slithers around the earth and the lives that she takes. So her legend still goes today. And even in just the last two decades, she's appeared in many short stories and novels. Um, She was in a TV series and a movie written by Neil Gaiman. Oh. uh, The... Yeah. The movie was called Neverwhere, and the TV series was called Stardust, or maybe it's the other way around. Yeah, I think maybe Neverwhere was the TV series. Yeah, well, uh, Neverwhere is is a book, too. It is a novel, Mm -hmm. yes. And it was made into not a great show, I don't think. But (laughs) Stardust, it sounds like a lot of people like. I was looking it up a little bit. Is that the one with Michelle Pfeiffer and Robert De Niro? No, it has Sienna Miller in it, though. She's like probably the most famous name. Sienna Miller, and then I didn't recognize any of the other names, but it has a little bit of a cult following, it looked like, so that was kind of cool, and Lamia is heavily referenced in there, and then I looked up, I was looking for all these modern pop culture references, she has been referenced in some modern rock songs, Hell yeah, she including... Has. Uh, a song literally titled Lamia by Genesis in 1974. Wow. Gabriel was fascinated by her and wrote about her and wrote like this entire tale. Like the entire song is just about a man being seduced by serpent women in a pool and how he made the decision to go in there because they were calling to him. And that is literally the whole song. It's just like about a man on his journey with the Lamia, the Lamia, the Lamia, whatever you want to call her. But she has stood the test of time, y'all. Peter Gabriel, Genesis, writing about her. She's everywhere. I think she's super cool. I didn't know a lot about her, so I was excited to do some more research. And she's definitely an exciting character. And that is that. I love her because yeah, I a am a huge fan of reading stories about like scorned and, and cursed women. And yes. the reasons for which they were scorned or cursed, which are never good, really. Usually, nope. most of the nope, time, nope, it's nope. like, really? That's why you fucking cut out her eyes and made her eat her own kids? Really? Okay. <laughs> That's why you had to do it. I mean, Seems yeah, Hera like needs to get some maybe, chill. <laughs> yeah, maybe you could have just, I don't know, like, made her infertile. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, just, like <laughs> no. which is horrible. It's horrific. It's still but very sad. But, like, did you have to? Yeah. She lost her damn eyeballs. She turned into a half snake. She had to eat her own kids and eat the rest of the world's kids. Like, relax, Hera. I know you were hurt by Zeus, but maybe give him a punishment, right? Yeah, women never punish the man. It's like, oh, my man cheated on me, so I'm going to scorn this woman. It's like, bitch. Right. She didn't do anything to you. This is why I keep shouting out to Lamia is that she still stayed a girl's girl, even though Hera was the one who was terrible to her. She was like, you know what? At the end of the day, it was Zeus who made the bad decision. It was Zeus that called all of this. So I'm going to go after some dudes. Like, I loved that. But she didn't go after the gals. And Zeus could have easily stopped Hera from doing that. 
100%. But you know that he was back. like, no, baby, like, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know. We didn't know. I like, didn't, we had three kids together, but like, but I didn't, like, I didn't mean know. It. I didn't mean it just, I tripped and I fell. I and tripped and I we fell ended right up together. Into, <laughs> right into her Lamia. Oh, and it all comes <laughs> right back. Oh, yeah. His stupid lame gift was let me take. Give you the ability to take your eyeballs out so you can sleep at night, which I don't think is the best solution mm. to that curse. No, but... I feel like you could have done something else. Z- old yeah. Zussy. Old Zussy pants. Yeah, I kind of more believe the story that she gouged her own eyeballs out out of her own grief and depression from having to kill her own children because. Probably Zeus or, wasn't going to do Zeus shit. Maybe Zeus is that then. much of an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> Any hoozle. I think that is Zeus probably. That story. Was like, who? Lamia who? I don't even, like, I don't think he did anything for her. Never heard of her. Yeah. Never heard he, of her. He just, like, he stepped out of that situation. He's he's the worst. Um, well, that was wonderful. I really liked uh, hearing about Lamia. Yeah, she fun. She real fun. I, uh, I'm going back to Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hoity, hoity, hoity. Going back to this. Ireland. Um, Let's go back yeah. to Ireland. Yep. So another legend that I'm obsessed with, specifically one type, but I'm going to get into that later, are fairies. Hooray! I do believe in fairies. I do. I do. Let's do this. Also known as the fae. And uh, just looking at the word fairy, F-A-R-Y is how we spell it today usually, but it comes from the word fairy, which is F-A-E-R-I-E. Which derives from the Latin word enchantment. So fairies have always had a strong implication of magic. And the word fairy is sort of an all-encompassing word for otherworldly spirit beings. Okay. So like OG fairy legends, like everything else, probably came out of ancient Greece. So here we are. We're mixing the two. We're mixing the worlds together. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> Greekology had, I mean, tons of mythical beings like nymphs, for example, which are some of my all-time favorites. Nymphs were, were, they were usually young, beautiful women, of course, who Mm -hmm. lived and cared for all of nature. Um, There were water nymphs, tree nymphs, rock nymphs. Um, My favorite depiction of nymphs comes from Disney's Hercules. I don't know if you remember. Oh, when my gosh, of course Philatites is spying on the nymphs and uh, Uh they catch him and then he runs to try and catch up with them and they turn to bushes and trees and... I think, what does it's he great. say? He's it's, like, nymphs cool. can't keep their hands off me or something. And then, like, the tree slaps <laughs> Something him. along those lines. It's like the perfect, like, it goes over your head when you're a kid, but you really like it as an adult. <laughs> exactly. Disney's good at throwing those in for you. I know. I really love it. I need to watch Hercules, by the Dude, way. Sorry for that side I, note, but, like, I miss it. It's probably one of my favorites. I think that Disney's Hercules is so brilliant. One, because it actually does teach you about a lot of Greek history and, like, Greek gods and, like, the relationships they had and, like, the world of um, the Greek gods and goddesses, but also the music. The music is everything. It's amazing. Making the, uh, what are they called? The muses. Making, muses. Yeah, making the muses like a choir yep. was brilliant. Yep. Um, 100%. And I cry every single time The muses were the best part of the entire movie. Yeah, it's so good. I love watching those women come together mm-hmm. and just sing like the soul <laughs> and all of the music. It's so good. We I love it. are the muses. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> the, okay, uh, anyway. Anyways, fairies. The Romans also had creatures that could be classified as fairies, including elves and Valkyries. But legends of fairies as we know them, tiny little winged magical creatures, comes out of yes. Europe. Okay. So back in the day, before we knew stuff about stuff, a lot of things were attributed to spirits and magical beings. For example, okay. arrowheads that were found in Britain and Ireland originally were believed to have been made by elves. Oh. As opposed to, you know, older generations of Irish and British people. And the fact that a lot of these were found in forested areas that had not been industrialized in any way, that was what lended credence to these these older races, these older beings with special powers being pushed out into and also connected to nature. Yes, that makes sense. 
Also in the 1500s, we had Shakespeare, who wrote a play called A Midsummer Night's Dream, which was full of... Ah. It's so funny, this line I wrote, which was full of them fairies, which I think was a mistake, but it's hilarious. <laughs> it was full of them fairies. It was full fairies. of them fairies. Uh, them old fairies. Most notably, <laughs> Titania so and Puck. <laughs> so I love Midsummer Night's Dream. I mean, Shakespeare is hard for a lot of people. It is. Which is why I like movies that kind of like trick you into watching Shakespeare. It's like, hey, here's yes. 10 things I hate about you. It's totally not taming Did of the shrew. It was always Shakespeare. <laughs> yes, exactly. I completely agree. I think it's so smart that like very now famous rom-coms basically yeah. all come from those writings pretty much. I'm pretty sure She's the Man with Amanda Bynes is also based on it is one of Shakespeare's writings, mm-hmm. but I forget which one. Wait, is it Twelfth Night? Twelfth Night. Thank you. <laughs> but still, yes. um, a Shakespeare Anywho, Yes, continue. So fairies originally weren't really imagined with wings. So I know oh. earlier, I don't remember if it was this story or yesterday's, I mean yesterday's, last week's, <laughs> a.k.a. Last, last episode we recorded tonight. Um, you mentioned leprechauns. If you think of leprechauns, they're technically fairies. They are. They don't have wings, but I think the wings came from bugs, basically, like bugs that would fly around you in the woods, like dragonflies or bugs that would light up at night, like fireflies. I think that's basically what gave fairies wings because people would see them and say that's a fairy. Okay. That makes a little bit of sense. At the time, there were also legends or knowledge of things like cherubs and cupids already. So like flying little humanoids wasn't a huge stretch for anybody. Yeah. In Ireland specifically, this is where you get the legends of fairies being like a complete race of beings. They have their own customs and culture. There are different kinds of fairies that do different things. And uh, Ireland's belief in fairies is actually so strong that it still exists today. There are many places in Ireland that are known to belong to the fae. Okay. And it's actually extremely frowned upon to disrespect the fae, even today in 2020. Ooh, don't mess with the fae. Do not. The fae are a lot like our Native Americans, only they are way more respected by Irish people than American people respect our real natives, but it's... I was going to say, our country is a bunch of monsters. It is what it is. America sucks. But fairies were basically the founders of Ireland. They were the first people to inhabit the land. And they were known as the Tuatha de Danann, and they were a race of supernaturally gifted people. They were kind of elf-like. They were basically somewhere between humans and angels. They kind of had a connection to both. Okay. I love that. They are connected to the other worlds that are around us at all times, other dimensions. They can go in and out of the dimensions. They can get things from other dimensions and bring them here. Um, And actually, True Blood took a lot of their fairy folklore straight out of Ireland, which was really cool to learn because watching the fairy season, I was like, what the fuck is happening? And now I'm like, oh, they took everything straight out of Irish lore. That's way cooler, actually. I wish I I had known that. It was like, it didn't seem like the fairies that we all know and pick out of movies. I mean, I feel like my connection to fairies is tinkerbell and peter pan so i don't really know anything about fairies but that makes a lot of sense. yeah now thinking back i'm like true blood took everything out of like legitimate like fairy irish lore which is pretty cool Mm -hmm. so if you go to ireland you can actually see where the fae used to live you talked about it in either this episode or last week's episode um (laughs) there are over (laughs) it was last week's episode was when you're talking about banshees There are over 60,000 wrath in Ireland, and wrath are also known as fairy forts or fairy mounds, which is what you spoke about. Ah, yes. They are, there's kind of two different kinds. There's the mounds that are the, um, the, like, mass graves of of the uh, noblemen, but there's also Mm -hmm. mounds that are basically circular settlements that had earth walls, so either a ditch or a moat or sometimes a stone wall. Okay. And usually at the center, there was a large hill. And most of these wrath date back to um, like 500 to 900 AD. But there's also some evidence that they may even date to earlier prehistoric times. Like they are old. Old as shit. And you best not touch them. Don't touch them. Don't go near them. Don't even don't even sleep next to them. Don't even look at them. Oh, gosh. What happens? So there are folk tales of people falling asleep next to a wrath and having vivid dreams of partying the night away. And when they wake up, they've been asleep for 10 years. Uh, Excuse me? How, why, Which, when, again, when? if you think of true blood, remember, sometimes they would, they would like go into another dimension. Right. It would just be a big, huge party. 
Yeah. And that's sometimes yep, yep, how yep. they would lure people in. Anyways. Yep. That makes sense. Everyone should just go watch True Blood. Hey, uh, everybody, go watch <laughs> go watch True Blood immediately and come report back to us. Let's chat about it. The path between the forts um, or the hills or whatever, or between the forts and nearby trees even, are known as fairy paths. And uh, actually, those who build their homes on these paths would suffer sickness and misfortune. Like, they would be ruined until they left that home or destroyed that home. Or maybe for the rest of their life. I don't know. That wasn't clear. Like, don't build your home on a fairy path. If you do want to build a home and you don't know if it might be on a fairy path, you should first test to make sure it's not. And to do that, you would place small little piles of stones on each corner of the proposed home. And if the stones were still there in the morning, it's a safe place to build. Like if they were not disturbed, then you could safely build your home there. Which okay. also then reminded me of the Blair Witch uh-huh. and her little piles of stones like everywhere. I didn't like those little stones sure didn't. and sticks. <laughs> they rubbed me the wrong way. So um, now that I've given you kind of the brief history of fairies, there's a ton more lore, legends, etc. about fairies. And there's so many little subsets of fairies. Like I said, you know, their banshees are technically a form of fairy. Um, leprechauns, nymphs, there's a ton. But I wanted to talk about a very scary fairy known <gasps> yes, yes, as yes. the changeling. Okay. I don't know enough about changelings and I'm so excited to hear more. Changelings are creepy. They are, well, depending on which culture you talk to, they're seen as fairies, trolls, goblins, and even demons in some cultures. Wow. The earliest mention of changelings seems to come from medieval literature. It's also found in folklore all throughout Europe. And a changeling is believed to be a fairy child or demon or troll or goblin that's been left in place of a human child that was stolen by fairies or demons or trolls or goblins. So essentially, this, whatever you want to believe it to be, it was originally fairies, but again, many cultures have adapted it, you know, and and made it demons, trolls, goblins, whatever, come in, take your precious baby, and replace it with one of theirs. Oh, I hate it. It's pretty So it's creepy. just like the movie Changeling. <laughs> yes, ex- I'll talk about the movie Changeling, actually, and, like, why <laughs> it's called say. the Changeling, because most people don't really That's understand so why. It's really bad. I hate it. So the history of Changelings, unfortunately, is pretty dark. Um, I'm going to focus on Ireland since I already did with the Fae, but I'll kind of mention some others. In Irish legends, a Changeling is identifiable by several traits. A fairy child may appear sickly and won't grow in size like a normal child. The fairy child may be disformed or behave differently than other children. They may display intelligence far beyond their years or um, not advance um, in intelligence when they should. And uh, I'll come back to that. But the reason that the human children were taken was for several reasons. Depends on who you ask. Uh, maybe they were taken to act as a servant. Maybe they were taken as an act of revenge against the parents. Or, you know, if it's a demon, then sins of the parents. Uh-huh. In some cases, it was believed that the very elderly of the fairy people would be exchanged in the place of a human baby. Okay. So that they could live out the rest of their days in comfort. Or, um, this is especially with trolls. Trolls actually wanted their children to have human upbringings because it was better than being a troll um so (laughs) they would uh uh some people actually believed this is weird and i'm sure this is demons too but trolls especially some people believe trolls would take unbaptized children oh because once they were baptized they couldn't exchange them they couldn't touch them so like sirens changelings probably um never existed the theme of the swapped child is so common in medieval literature because it reflects concerns over infants who are born with unexplainable diseases, disorders, or even developmental disabilities. Mm-hmm. For example, a child born with autism or Down syndrome would be believed to have been a changeling and not a real child. Oh. Yeah, or a baby even even born with jaundice or colic. So they would basically be like, this is a changeling, this isn't the, my yeah, child. Yeah, this isn't my child because look at it. Oh, it's so, so sickly or look at it. Like it's, it's not, it right. doesn't understand. Yeah, something's wrong with it. Changelings also existed in a time where life was rough. 
in like pre-industrial Europe. So if you were a peasant family and you had no money, the family's entire existence depended on the productivity of every single member of that family. And it was difficult to provide for a person in that family who is a permanent drain on the family and their little resources that they had. So changeling tales along with other historical evidence suggested that infanticide was frequently the solution, which for anyone who doesn't know what that is, they would kill the babies. So sad. Thinking that they were, you know, not babies. It's horrible. Germany's history was particularly brutal when it came to changelings. In in every culture, there's several like methods used where you could like identify a changeling and mm-hmm. even like replace it with their real child. Like if you could trick the changeling into revealing itself, they would have no choice but to bring back your kid. Mm-hmm. And in Germany, especially those included tempting to heat a baby in an oven. Why? No. Why does Germany love <laughs> I ovens? I hate them. Or stop with people hitting ovens. and whipping the baby. They thought that that would cause the baby to reveal its real self. But in most cases, it killed the baby. Oh, surprise. Uh, but it was sort of like witches, where it's like the baby would die, but it would be like, well, the baby's dead. Right. It's uh, The changeling's dead. It's not my child. Right. Ugh, that's so sad. And a lot of people, you know, think that this is all folklore, but before you go thinking that, there are historical records to back up all these stories. Um, actually, in 1826, a woman named Anne Roche was charged with the murder of a four-year-old boy who was unable to speak or stand, and she bathed him in a river three times, attempting to drive the ferry out of him, and on the third time, the boy drowned. Mm. Well, And she was actually acquitted of the boy's murder, so the ferry defense worked. Like, people were like, oh my gosh, like, it was a changeling. Oh my god. How? And that's not the only time. In 1985, or 1985, that is not correct. It has to be 1885. I wrote 1985, but that can't be right. And if it is, holy shit. It just happened, guys. It just went down. In 1885, Bridget Cleary, she was an adult woman. She was Granted, she was a young woman, um, but she was killed by several people, including her husband and her cousins. After a short bout of an illness, which was probably pneumonia, um, someone in the town had accused Bridget of being a changeling. And even after the woman's death, they were all convinced that they had killed the changeling, not Bridget herself. Oh, boy. They believed that they basically did a good deed. They killed the changeling and not her. Good for you guys. You're heroes. So now if you rent... Either of the movies titled The Changeling, expecting to get a story about fairies, you will be disappointed. It is not about fairies, ladies and gentlemen. There are two. One is The Changeling, made in 1980, starring George C. Scott, and it's a fantastic haunted house slash horror slash suspense slash thriller movie, um, and I highly recommend it. Did you ever watch that? Did I let you borrow that? I don't think so. It's great. You should watch it. I need to watch it. I think it's on Amazon Prime. It might also be on Shudder, but it's a really, really good horror movie about a man who moves into this home that's haunted, but he moves in there after the horribly tragic death of his wife and his child. Okay. And he begins to experience paranormal activity and sort of like a mystery. He like actually tries to figure out what's happening there and why it's happening. And it's really good. Okay. Need to see and it's that. George C. Scott, so he just screams all the time. Yes. <laughs> we love the shouting of George C. Scott. That's what we need. Um, and then uh, the other is Changeling, made in 2008. Changeling. Which is... Um, I have seen that I one. haven't. I own it, and I've never actually watched it. I mean, I know everything that it's about. I just haven't seen it, right. but it... I mean, it's so sad and horrible. But. Yeah. It's a story that we've discussed on the show multiple times, the we the have, chicken coop yes. murders, specifically mm-hmm. the woman whose boy was taken and the police returned a different child to her. And when she told them it wasn't <laughs> hers, they basically said, take him home and try him out. So she had to take yeah. a strange child home and pretend it was her child. And when she fought the police, they put her in a mental institution. And this is a real story. It's real life, ladies and gentlemen. How is the movie? Um, it is fine. Yeah. <laughs> I 
I think just because I knew the story already, I was I liked seeing the story play out on screen, mm-hmm. so I enjoyed myself. And I mean, I do like Angelina Jolie, even right. though I think she's a little bit of a controversial actress. I always think she does a really good job in her performances, and I thought she was very believable and tragic and did a great job as the mother. Um, but I, yeah, it ended and I was sort of like, that was fine. I probably won't watch it again for a very long time, but I didn't hate my life while watching it. It's directed by Clint Eastwood, yep. uh, who is kind of pretty hit or miss. He's yes, either exactly. like, oh, that was a really wonderful movie or like, that was a little 100% too hokey for me, sir. Is the best. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think I wouldn't call this a miss. I would say for the most part, it's a hit. It's a movie. Yeah, it's a movie. It was fine. I, I did enjoy seeing the story played out. But yeah, it's it's just so upsetting. Do they go into the chicken coop murders or is it mostly about the They woman? don't. It's mostly about the oh, mom. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, it's just sort of like alluded to. But yeah, it's it's all just the mom. It's mama's life and just her like trying to fight the police the entire time and being called crazy, which just... That, I think that's the struggle of the movie is you're just so frustrated. You're just on the edge of your seat. Like, someone listened to this woman. I'm so angry. But I, again, I thought Angelina did a great job in that character. So it was, it was enjoyable. All right. Maybe I'll watch it. I have the DVD literally in the other room. So. <laughs> it's ready for you. And guess what? I have all the time in the world. So. <laughs> Why would I watch this it? time suddenly. I have updates for... Lamia, Lamia, whatever you want to call her. So I don't know if you were still wrapping up fairies or not, but once you're done, I have, I already have updates for 10 minutes Hell ago. Hell yeah. So I, um, the only thing I was going to say, I have a lot to say about tooth fairies, but if you want to hear about it, you're going to have to head over to our Patreon because I'm talking all about teeth Ew. in this month's bonus episode. <laughs> teeth are weird and creepy and they have a say, very rich history involving the supernatural. So I'm excited to talk are about Are you it. discussing teeth with Amy? Yep. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to bring over my, because um, I had a lot of, not a lot, but I had a good chunk of notes on the history of the tooth fairy, but okay. also like the history of like using teeth in general. So oh I'm going to talk about it there. I already know you and Amy will do a wonderful, creepy, hilarious job on teeth. So everybody <laughs> needs to tune into that. Go to our Patreon. Guys, I have updates already how could you possibly have updates on a creature that hasn't been around for a millennium because i literally i typed in lamia and lilith while we were on like a little like breather like in between stories and then like i was listening to you talking and then i pulled up wikipedia to be like oh did anything pop up and indeed it did so i just wanted to kind of update on that you know how i was saying how lamia can be referred to in a plural form as just like being a half woman half monster like out in the sea whatever so i guess in certain translations of the bible lilith is referred to as being a Lamia, as being mm-hmm. a seducer of men and a devourer of children. And they just kind of loop her in with that group of half woman, half monsters. So you were absolutely right. Um, as and, usual. I know. You were actually right twice because I have a second <laughs> update. Um, you were right about the connection to Lilith. I had never even heard of Lilith. I used to call myself a what? Christian woman and I didn't even know of well, her. Well, to be story. fair, it's more of a, a Hebrew Bible thing because, like I said, the Christian Bible, they like got rid of it altogether. No, totally. But even so, like now that I'm seeing like little bits and pieces of her story, I'm like, how did I not know about this? This is a great story. <laughs> so now I'm into it. But she was basically referred to as being another Lamia. And then Ashley being correct, number two, when you said a Robert De Niro and <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer in Stardust, they are. but i because i was just grazing over it sienna miller is the star of it but michelle pfeiffer and robert de niro are in it as well but look i saw the cover of the movie which heavily features sienna miller but if you look at like you know how all movies have like three or four optional covers they're on like cover number three but they're looking real spooky and serious in the background of this photo like they're about to do something really bad to sienna miller so they are indeed in that movie hell yeah ashley i um was right twice 
I keep saying hell yeah because my friend Austin, who refuses to come on the show for some reason, and I'm going to hold him to it. Eventually, he's going to have to come on because he's so funny. He is But I so just funny. spoke to he him to. earlier today, and he always says that. He's always like, hell yeah. <laughs> and now I can't stop saying it. No, it's a habit. And you should now say hell yeah in celebration because you were correct about those two things. And I feel I, so bad for being like, Michelle Pfeiffer is know. not in this movie. <laughs> I've never seen nuts. Stardust at all but I remember no. the cover because when it came out I was working at Family Video. I was uh, working at a video oh rental place God. in the Midwest called Family Video and uh, I, uh, I remember Video. that cover uh, being there. But I just assumed it was a different movie called Stardust. No, yeah, because when you said that I was like I swear it only said Sienna Miller. It's Sienna Miller and that guy from if anyone has seen Love Actually which if you haven't what planet are you living on but the guy who um, sleeps with what's-her-toes from The Office. Have you seen it? The Office? Like, they work not from the show The Office. They work in The oh, Office oh, together. Oh, uh, Laura Linney. Laura Linney and him yeah, sleep together, so or almost sleep plays, together. Yes. If you want to put this with the Greeks and the Romans, he plays Xerxes he in does. 300. He does. Yes, that isn't even better. I feel like for our listeners specifically, that's probably a better connection. But I just think of him as Hottie McHot Hot in Love Actually. And they actually don't sleep together because they're interrupted by the phone call from the brother. And it's so upsetting because she devotes her whole life to taking care of her special needs brother. And I'm really upset about it. But anyway, you've had a hard day and you don't need to go down this road. (laughs) I know. So anyway, Hottie with the Body and Laura Linney. It is him and Sienna Miller who star in it. I quickly glanced at the movie cover and saw their faces. But upon further research, Robert De Niro looks weird F also on this cover. Like he has a mustache that I'm not interested in. And I think we're going to have to post <laughs> the cover on our that Instagram. I'm not interested in. <laughs> I am not into this look. But I think we need to post the cover on our Instagram when this episode Maybe comes that'll- out. Maybe that'll... Maybe that'll be the cover of this episode. It'll be our faces imposed on the cover of Stardust. Oh my God, it would be perfect because Sienna Miller and Hottie are in the front and Michelle Pfeiffer and Robert De Niro in the back so we can put our faces up front while they're looking over our shoulders. I'll see what I can do. Oh, Ashley, I'm so excited. I can't believe they're in this. Did you watch Sabrina? Wait, are there new episodes? Uh, no, I just mean like the TV show, Sabrina, like seasons one, two or three. I have seen one and two. I don't think I've seen three yet because okay. I didn't love two as much as one. And so I sort of was burned oh, out. Here's the thing. Three is not even as good as two. And I hated two. like Sabrina is I hate watch that show. Yeah, I hate every I single that. episode I watch and I keep watching it. But the principal, that's Lilith. Oh, my gosh. Okay, okay, okay. I'm into it. Yep. That makes Anyways. a lot of sense. No, I love that. I I really enjoyed season one. I was obsessed with season one, and I really want to like two and three. But... I liked season one, but here's my problem with Sabrina. It was so cool. I mean, so cool. It's it's a tale as old as time. We all know Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but I just thought it was th- that that idea is so interesting. Yeah. Of having a teenage girl who is a witch who is in high school and she's having to deal with like relationships with people like boyfriends and friends and like balancing her life as a high school student which is already like really stressful and and horrible and then also like trying to figure out like whether or not she wants to like do i want to go into a life of witchcraft blah 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 that's fascinating and they did that for one season and then all of a sudden it was like now i'm the devil and now i'm in hell Yep, and it was like, I'm what the fuck? Hell. Yeah, I, it just, it took such a dark turn. I just didn't understand why they did that, why they progressed so quickly, because now yes. it's like, okay, it where do you go really from here? Fast. And it didn't feel connected at all to season one. It was sort of like, no, I think we all liked it because I enjoyed seeing like also the high school life and bouncing both of that. It just, it went so crazy so fast. And I, I, yeah, I could barely keep up and I didn't really... Like the way they took it, but I'm still probably going to watch season three because we have all the time in the world. True. I mean, season three takes place, a lot of it takes place in hell, which is like, okay. And then also, uh, there's a musical element that I wasn't into. 
Oh, well, see, I might actually like that part. You may have gotten me there. (laughs) Now I'm excited again. So we'll see. All right. Well, that's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to our show week after week. Thank you for hanging out with us on social media. Thank you for telling your friends and family about us. And thank you for heading over to our YouTube channel to support our new segment. What What was that? that? As well as our OG segment. This week in weird. We appreciate you and all that you do for us. So stay safe, stay healthy, and stay sane. And follow us on social media at Keep It Weirdcast across all platforms. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash keep it weird podcast to find ways you can donate to our show, get bonus episodes, get discounts on merch, and receive a monthly newsletter. And check out our Etsy store at etsy.com slash shop slash keep it weird podcast. Get yourself some of our new merch designed by Brandy Seistrip. It's an amazing moth with the body of a cat skull, and it's totally metal, but also beautiful, and we couldn't be more thrilled. It's wonderful, and you all need to see it and wear it on your bodies. And thank you to Katie Rains for always helping us with our fonts and designs. These two women are angels floating on clouds, and you should follow and support them all the live long day. Yes, ma'am. Our sign-off this week is... We already did one sign off today. This isn't fair. Well, you know what I would like to hear? I would like to hear you say, keep it weird in an Irish dialect, please, and go. You're so rude. (laughs) Uh, Keep it it weird. (laughs) I have to do the O ahead of time because I get my Irish accent from the movie Luck of the Irish, as all of our listeners Uh, should know if they're diehard listeners. And I do it from, oh, saints preserve us. So I have to do the O to get into it. Oh, keep it weird. I do a hoity, 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 keep it weird. Yeah. That's so good. And that's the end of our show. Okay. Keep it weird. And thank you for heading over to our YouTube channel to support our new segment called This Week What was that? Wait, you said new segment. (laughs) No, new segment, as in like brand new segment. You should not edit out any of this, just so our listeners can hear how dumb we are.